Have you ever had a goal that just seemed impossible? If so, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Notable Peeps Podcast, a series that gives attention to remarkable people who are putting on their shoes, doing their best, and believing in the impossible. All my dreams are coming true. Loving listening to other people's stories here on this podcast, then maybe it's time to start recording your own. Head on over to reminisaudio.com and take the hard work out of preserving your memories. Hey, hey, my name's Steph. You're listening to the Notable Peeps podcast. And today I have my guest, Ksenia Volkova. Did I yes, say that right? hi. Yes, you did. Oh, I was practicing, so that's so great. And this has actually been in the works for a little bit. In about October, Ksenia had spoken at our church at a it was a large gathering of different congregations from around the area and this girl Kim Rhodes actually I'm giving you a shout out Kim she's like you need to have her on notable peeps and I was like that is a great idea Kim yes I will get her but our coordinating and my lack of podcasting for a little bit it's just taking a little bit to get you here so Kisanya do you want to just tell us a little bit about your life you're from Russia what part of Russia I am from Russia I am from city Saratov and um, some of you might be familiar with the movie uh, Saratov Approach. Majority of you pronounce it as Saratov, so maybe that's more familiar. <laughs> but uh, Saratov is a city of about a million, and um, it's on the river Volga, longest river in Europe. Um, it's a beautiful city, and I uh, grew up mostly there. I also lived in Ukraine, in western Ukraine. My mom is from there. And um, I also lived uh, later by myself when I served a mission there in Kiev, which is another beautiful city, and Odessa. It's on the Black Sea. So yeah, I'm I kind of Eastern Europe um, growing up there. Cool. Okay, so this just came to my mind, and you, you don't have to entertain this thought. But could you say thanks for listening to Notable Peeps in Russian? Yeah, of course. Что вы хотите, чтобы я сказала? I can also say some things in Ukrainian. It's a little bit different. Let's hear. Like, uh, what would... Uh, no, Ukra- Ukrainian. I need to switch it. Что вы хотите, чтобы я повела? Ukrainian is a little bit more uh, music-like, and uh, Russian is more harsh, like German. Um, it's so pretty. I like, I'm not someone that I, I don't speak any other languages, but whenever I hear different languages, I'm always like, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. So. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Maybe I'll put that in at the very beginning. <laughs> okay. People will be like, what podcast is this? <laughs> so you grew up there and tell us a little bit about your journey to get here in the States. Um, well, I guess uh, I'm not sure where it exactly started. Uh, I never was growing up with the thought, oh, I'm going to move somewhere. Um, we So I grew up in the USSR, um, and uh, at about 11 it collapsed. And I remember how it was... Um, it was different. Uh, for three days we, have, we had no radio, no TV... And I have just some scarce memories of that, um, but the political regime has changed drastically that affected uh, all layers of life in that sense. And I noticed changes in school and just later growing up, my, my, both of my parents lost jobs and um, my mom was a school teacher and she had to go and get a job, like, just cleaning floors. And um, both of them worked hard. And I feel like that's taught me the, the work ethics quite a bit. Uh, because it doesn't matter if you're a good person, if you have education. If you're working really hard, you still might not receive um, a fair reward for your um, efforts. And I felt that that was a, a huge lesson for me uh, early on in life. And then throughout, when communism collapsed and USSR became 
Russia independent country uh, or a different country, um, it kind of um, I saw some changes, and I remember myself being about maybe seventeen. I already have joined the church at that point. I joined the church at 15. And um, I remember riding a trolley. It's a, In Russia, we have a lot of public transportation that works great. It's very consistent and very convenient. Uh, and I was riding a trolley. I was standing, and uh, a lot of uh, just middle-aged people uh, were sitting and I was just looking at them, and a lot of them had apathy on their faces. And that hit me hard because some like as a teenagers we probably like look for some heroes, so some role models. And my parents definitely were, but when I saw a train or train cart full of people with apathy on their faces, I just started thinking, like, why? How come? And I realized that, like, in the middle of their careers, they had families, and their life has changed drastically. A lot of people lost, lost jobs, and a lot of people struggled a lot. And um, just that political and economy has changed so much that it shook families quite hard. And uh, I felt maybe that was the beginning of uh, me thinking I need to change something, I need to get out, uh, because that's not what I want myself to be. And, um, yeah, I I finished medical college. I was a PA. Um, I graduated with a PA degree. PA is a physician assistant degree. And I didn't want to go to the village to get my residency because that was kind of the only option. So I worked as a nurse in the hospital in the city. And um, I realized I wouldn't be able to support myself. As a PA, you wouldn't be able to support yourself. Well, as a PA as an, and as a nurse, as yeah. As a nurse. Uh, as a nurse working in the city in the new hospital... Uh, I made about $75 a month. At a that, month? A month, yeah. And it was um, just sufficient for commute back and forth and lunches brought from home. And I'm not exaggerating or trying to like make so, it. And, and this is in, was this in 2000? That like, was, in the 90s? so I graduated in 2000. Uh -huh. Yes, good for you. Good, good, good <laughs> counting. And uh, I worked that year, and then I left on my mission. Yeah. So in the two thousands, you were making seventy five dollars a month. Because when you say that, Correct. it makes me think like, oh, it's hundred years ago. No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, no. And uh, and especially after all that education, like it was a three year degree. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it was, I mean, three year when I went to school, like every. Uh, day of the week. Uh, it's a little bit different educational system, so uh, sometimes it is confusing. Yeah, it. And I, I'm not like I'm not the only one in that situation. Like majority of people in Russia, nurses don't make money, like don't make enough to support. They all have other jobs or something else, or just live very minimal. Very, um, how do I say that? And I don't want it to sound maybe crude or maybe... So when I, when I was in college going through PA mm -hmm. school, I was living at home. I was blessed enough to, to live at home with my parents and commute. I commuted an hour to college. But um, I had a friend or um, classmate. She... Uh, had to rent uh, because her home was um, 15 hours away. And uh, she shared with me that sometimes she didn't have enough for, uh, and that's where I'm saying crude, for hygiene, uh, for feminine hygiene products. Mm -hmm. 
like she just didn't have enough. And when you like at that level, yeah. you're like, you're really pinching pennies. And a lot of people were, and I think a lot of people still are. So it's economy is, um, a different, a different ball game when it comes to corrupt governments. So, yeah. And I mean, just as we were talking earlier and we were talking before about, I was telling her my struggles, like I've been mm-hmm. trying to find a place and it's not working out. And you mm-hmm. were just like, it's okay. You know, like things will work yeah, out. And hearing will. this, it makes me be like, like, like this is why I like hearing other perspectives too, because it also makes you realize like the areas in life that like, yeah. I'm like, I have no room to complain, you know, like, yeah. and, and just being blessed in that so continue blessings mm-hmm. for sure and um yeah but i guess back to your question how i ended up here wait can i pause that sure. and go to another question go for it. so you said you joined the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints Correct. when you were 15 yes i was how did you because the i know that the missionaries are there but a lot of times can they proselyte Or do they do service or how did you meet the missionaries? They did. So hear about the church. I joined the church, um, when I, so I met, I, I didn't meet personally them, but, um, my communism collapsed in 91 and we uh, encounter missionaries, uh, in 94 and 94. Yeah. 94. (laughs) I have to kind of pause and (laughs) think about it. Uh, so my dad and my mom were, uh, going, uh, back from Dacha, which is, um, uh, we grew up in the city and lived in the city and it's a plot of land where you can go and grow your own veggies. And that's what we did because to sub- supplement your, your table. Missionaries already were in Russia. They were proselyting. Uh, I, I have to back out a little bit. So when my communist collapsed, my mom started looking for uh, a church to go to. Um, her parents, and she grew up in Ukraine, and it's more of a outskirts of Ukraine uh, on the border with Czech Republic. Mm-hmm. And her parents always practiced religion. Um, even when communism, because communism was a, a religion in itself, and it denied God. Uh, but despite that, uh, my grandparents... They always had Bible, and my grandpa uh, used to sing in the choir, in the church choir. So with that upbringing, my mom always had um, God in mind, I guess, even though when she went through her education, she received bachelor's in uh, biology, uh, they were taught to deny God that it's just oh. we evolved from monkeys and um so that was a conflicting beliefs in her but when communism collapsed she started looking for the church and she and i (laughs) she dragged me uh, Mm -hmm. to uh orthodox church she we met with jehovah witnesses we met with baptists evangelists so i remember uh meeting with a lot of people because my dad was working and he was less uh, willing to mm-hmm. go with her. But when my dad uh, met them on the street and he picked up a brochure from them, because my mom kind of was, I don't remember either, upfront him because they were coming back together. And he brought it um, to her attention and showing her. And she's like, oh, where it's from? And he said, it's from... Those businessmen, because they were wearing suits with parachutes, because they were wearing backpacks. <laughs> and it was like exact image that my mom, uh, she noticed them before because they were very clean shaved uh-huh. and clean um, dressed, very tidy. And um, my mom was like, oh, okay. Um, yeah, I want to go to know more. But he didn't invite them in or anything so my mom had just that brochure and she um, looked where they get together and she said, you're going with me on Sunday. And I said, it's last time, mom, last time. 
And yeah, here I am. Um, <laughs> I remember how I was dressed to the T. Uh-huh. And I actually got dressed faster. Mm-hmm. And I was waiting for her, looking out of the window. And uh, we were late to the first meeting. There was bread and water, and it was confusing because we were late. And uh, in other churches, Orthodox Church, when we took sacrament, it was wine. I had no idea what's going on, kind yeah. of. And um, that was kind of the start. Um, and I guess we were uh, golden investigators, as they say, because they did um, ask us. Um, there was a green missionary who asked, and I know that now, mm-hmm. being through mission myself, mm-hmm. but there was a greenie who asked us to be baptized on the second discussion. And my mom said yes. And I was just mostly an obedient child. And mm-hmm. I said yes, because my mom said yes. I trusted her. <laughs> and, um, yeah, that's how it started. I gained my own testimony much later, probably a, mm-hmm. a couple of years later, uh, when I started actually reading and teaching myself. So what did you get your dad think? My dad uh, thought it was uh, a little bit entertaining. He listened to some discussions I don't think his heart really was open at that point at mm-hmm. all. He uh, hasn't joined the church yet. Well, I don't know if he will, uh, maybe at some point. But his heart had has softened quite a bit. He used to um, uh, get upset with us because we went to church for three hours on Sunday. And he felt that took away from family mm-hmm. for sure. And um, when I left for the States and when I uh, I have been um, here for some, for a long time now, I guess 14 years, it's a long time. And I remember maybe about when I'd been here seven years, I had really been sick. I had bronchitis. And with bronchitis, I had a cough for a long time. And he... I struggled, and I was talking to them on the phone, and and he said, Ksenia, pray. I know it works. And that was such a huge, I don't know, it brings emotions, because mm-hmm. I never thought that, uh, I felt like he was distant from, from that, and um, hearing it from him, that he knows that, God hears prayers and he prays for me. That was, that was huge. And yeah, I still remember that moment. It was like a long time ago. And he, my parents prayed together for me. And that's very strengthening and encouraging. So, um, yeah, he hasn't joined the church. Uh, I know he believes and that's what's most important for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, I can see though why even now that that's emotional for you because it's it's we love our parents and yeah. and I think that it's always cool when you're like oh like this person like they probably aren't thinking this way but that mm-hmm. like when you're struggling yeah. though because I, I feel like I always get wisdom from my dad but like the, mm-hmm. the wisdom that you received yeah. was something that maybe you didn't expect but. yeah because he always. Um, he has amazing work ethics. Um, he's very honest. He's strong emotionally and um, a role model in a lot of ways, but not he wasn't in that way. And that was such a, I don't know, it was encouraging. It was, yeah, uplifting yeah. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I know that we're jumping around a little bit, but so now let's go back to yeah. you um you had realized, okay, this may not be where I want to be, and then mm-hmm. you went on a mission. I did. I went on a mission. I um I graduated from college. Uh I worked already as a nurse and I kind of needed a change mm-hmm. and it's not because I went on a mission I, I felt like I always wanted to I actually was in in long distance relationship and uh, I 
told at once that no, I'm I'm going on a mission. And um, I even didn't think about oh maybe I should consider marriage, mm-hmm. which yeah, um, <laughs> that's another whole topic. <laughs> but um, I went on a mini mission. I was a third companion in Taliati in summer mission and it was I really enjoyed it and so it was a mini mission a couple months it was just a couple of weeks oh a couple weeks okay. at that point uh-huh. and then I fasted and prayed and I was frustrated because I wasn't getting an answer if I should go or not and I came to my bishop and bless his heart he's a great person he's amazing uh and I told him, I'm turning 21 in a month. And I prayed and I fasted. I did all what I had to do. And I don't have an answer. How come? I was so... Like, I came to him mm-hmm. to express my frustration. And he's like, yeah, you, you did great. But maybe it's not the right time yet. And I was taken back because I'm like, oh. Not right time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, and then I, I definitely realized why it wasn't the right time. I went on another mini mission that was two and a half months, and I was a second companion, and it was in Engels, or Angels, maybe, City of Angels, kind of, yeah. It was across from my city, across the River Volga. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't far from my parents, but I... I had so much fun, <laughs> and not just fun. We did our job. We proselyted, but it was, it has like I have greatest memories from those two and a half months. And um, my uh, companion sister Parkinson, and um, I, she had curliest hair, and um, it was a great MTC training for me. So I came back from that, and I. Um, I came back because my sister was leaving for Spain. She, uh, they, as the rest of the country, kind of struggled financially. And a few people were leaving. uh, And a couple of our friends left for Spain. So she studied Spanish for two and a half months and then left for Spain. And I had a niece uh, her daughter, and I took care of her. Uh, she was 11 at that point because her husband was working full-time as well. And um, I kind of was primary caregiver to her, uh, to 11-year-old. And then my sister was able to uh, give invitations to my brother-in-law and to her daughter to come to Spain because she uh, was able to to get a job and line up the official paperwork. And um, I helped with paperwork on the side of, of that side of Russia and get tickets and got them together and packed. And um, I set them on the, on the train and on the plane in Moscow. And I didn't have to pray. I knew that now I can go. Uh, I had that peace and I, I just knew. So I filed my paperwork in June. And um, in August, I received a call. And September 5th, I was on a mission. September September 5th, yeah. And, and where were you serving? Kiev. Well, okay. at that point, Odessa. Okay. Odessa, it's on the Black Sea. It's uh-huh. a very beautiful touristy town. Yeah. And so, so going back, though, like, from when you had wanted to go on a mission to when you put in your papers in the next time, mm-hmm. was that a couple months or was that a year? So I wanted to go, I, and my birthday is in October, and that's when I came to the bishop. Uh, and I prayed and fasted a couple of months prior, because I went on a mini-mission in August, and then I prayed those couple months, and I, um, like, I should go. Oh, I don't know. And I'm praying and fasting, and nothing is working out, so I went almost a year later. So it was a year. That's what it was on a yeah. time gap. yeah. And then, and then after your mission, what happened after that? 
After that, I uh, came back and I worked in pest control. So I <clears throat> disinfected for mice, for cockroaches. Oh, I hate cockroaches. Oh, I hate That's, mice. <laughs> uh, uh, mice is kind of, yeah, yeah. it's a different level. Mm -hmm. But cockroaches, <clears throat> it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's very, um, it's a different level of, like, I can't handle it. Mm -hmm. Because uh, some of the images that in my head were, the cockroaches cover the whole ceiling and sometimes they drop on the floor and you have to walk in there. Granted, you in the gear, but that's, sorry. Oh, you were like actually correct. Oh, man. Because unfortunately it paid more than nursing and I didn't have to have any education to do that, but it did pay more. And unfortunately that's what it came down to. Like I, you have to earn money to kind of pay the bills. And I lived at home with my parents. So, um, yeah. I'm just like picturing that. I'm like, oh. It's disgusting. Yeah. But that's why I think. The feeling the ceiling. Yeah. 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 I can see why you hate them. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. And then doing that job and, um, I started, um, I was interested in psychology. So I, um, went and it was, um, evening, even not evening, I had to do tests. I had to re do read the books and tests on my own and come in into class uh, once a month. It, it, it was a psychology degree and I was very interested in that, uh, but I realized that I wouldn't be able to support myself being a psychologist in Russia as well. Um, and when I say uh, psychologists here... I believe, uh, can or able to support themselves more because I feel Russia, Russian culture is a little bit different. And there you pretty much go to your neighbors or to your friends. You chat in the kitchen. You kind of like cry a little bit and you listen to each other. And that's the psychology. That's mm -hmm. the therapy. Um, people don't have money to pay for therapy, which I feel therapy is very uh useful mm -hmm. and i i had some uh when i had kind of a rock bottom myself here being on my own i i did go for a few sessions and it was very helpful so but now knowing that looking back i'm yeah psychologists in russia probably not um not able to support themselves due to to that just different different perspectives, different cultural uh, um, expectations. So I, being kind of in the middle of another degree, um, my mom suggested it, if I want to go somewhere like or join my sister in Spain or try um, to be a nanny just to get some experience outside. And I was lined up to go in Norway I had a family I communicated for three months with, and uh, I was going to be their nanny. And they had a room for me, and um, I was planning to leave in a couple months, getting my paperwork ready f with visas. And then uh, something happened that their relative got sick and had to live with them. So the room was taken, and they kind of had to manage it themselves. So that fell through and my mom then like you speak some English I I have spoken some English at that point like I I mean it's <laughs> it's takes practice you know uh, I I was ex able to express myself at that point a little bit and I um, found a, a it's great au pair I forgot the EF great au pair uh, it's a cultural exchange company um, and Nanny is being an au pair, one of the ways they do cultural exchange. So I filed documents with that company, and I believe I filed it in August, and in January I was already here uh, oh. in California and with the family that uh, I was a nanny for. So, And then wasn't there a process of getting a visa? visa, or, visa. Uh, that's the story that I remember, but I don't remember the details. Yeah, I feel like this one wasn't uh, exactly the uh, 
challenging part. Yeah. Even though we, we got trained what to say and what not to say, uh, for sure. Because, and I totally understand immigration policies are very, very strict and I think they should be. Um, I believe they need to be adjusted, but, uh, it's my personal biased, ex- mm-hmm. like, opinion. Um, I, that visa was fairly easy to get mm-hmm. uh, as a nanny. Then I changed my status to a foreign student or international student. And I, um, after I changed it, not leaving the United States, but changing it here, then I started hearing opinions that I shouldn't leave the country because if I leave as international student, then I probably won't be able to come back and finish my studies or even just as a, as a tourist. Um, and when you hear that and when you don't have enough money to get a professional opinion mm-hmm. of an immigration lawyer, um, you kind of get a little bit scared. And then I researched some things and even things on or opinions on Google kind of said the same. Do not leave unless you have a different, more permanent status. And that's what I guess held me so long in. And, um, that's partially why I haven't or wasn't able to see my parents for so long physically. Mm-hmm. Because I uh, was international student for about eight years. And what were you studying? A nursing. Oh, nursing. So okay. I kind of stretched it out a little mm-hmm. bit. And partially because uh, I had to pay in out-of-state tuition throughout my studies. doesn't matter. Well, like, and like you said, you came over here with nothing, too. Like, yeah. 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 And I, I can't, I just can't deny the hand of God in that because, uh, I had been blessed with, uh, uh, jobs that were pay, like paying well, um, as a, because as a student, you are able to do CPT. It's a curriculum practical training. And because I had my PA degree from Russia, I had a couple, elderly couple, that um, they considered that degree and paid me as a student uh, being pursuing nursing he- like in California, mm-hmm. they paid me well enough that I was able to uh, I I didn't have any debt or any student loans. Oh, that is a blessing. <laughs> but I also have to give credit to a couple uh, braziers, uh, Larry and Ann Brazier. They did finance my first year that kind of gave me a kick and I was able go to braziers. go <laughs> braziers. They, uh, and I'm pretty sure some people, I mean, they, they fairly, um, they have family around, so they probably, some people might know them and I'm extremely grateful to, for that lift up. Uh, but I was able, the rest I was able to do myself. And as I said, God bless me that I never had to take a loan. Uh, which is amazing. Um, and I, I know it's, it's a blessing. And I, I definitely, uh, know how to live with minimal, I guess, mm-hmm. being from Russia. And there are a lot of, um, things people have here that are definitely luxuries. Like, like, give me some examples. I never drove a car. Uh, in Russia, I learned how to drive, but we never had a car and just, and I don't know if it's would be maybe a little bit too personal, but I, so to come here first time as a nanny, I had to pay my own airfare. It was about 800, 850. And, um, I had a room and a board when I came and worked as a nanny. And I made about $400 a month because everything else was provided. Mm-hmm. And I collected that money. And I remember uh, my host mom, uh, she helped me to open a bank account. And they gave me a credit of 300 which was great. And uh, the first thing I did, I remember first two months I bought, because it was Easter, I bought the Peeps, yellow Peeps. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And I bought a pair of black shoes. 
uh, dress shoes because I uh, realized I don't have uh, summer shoes to go to church to. And um, in the first, so I came in January and in April I sent $800 back home because I knew my parents gave out of their own to be able, for me to be able to yeah. come. And throughout the years, I think now when I, I'm a nurse and I, I, I can't complain. It's, it's a good salary. Utah doesn't pay too, too much or intermountain, I mm-hmm. guess, to nurses, but, um, it's a, it's a huge blessing to have a consistent job and to have the, to, to be paid, uh, consistently and, and well. I, for the, throughout the years, I remember myself like, no, I shouldn't have that. Or I, I have enough food at home and know that I didn't starve. I, mm-hmm. I like food. Uh, but I did, de- it definitely was a good, um, stimuli for me not to get extra chocolate or extra candy because I knew that, okay, I have this, this, I have books to pay for. And I knew my parents can't give me any. And uh, they, even though they did, they did send me uh, a few thousand for to buy my first car. And I'm grateful for that because I also didn't have to take a loan. And as a foreign student, uh, I was allowed student loans, but no other, any other loans. I, I couldn't qualify because officially you can work only part-time and sometimes it's restricted to campus work mm-hmm. or in your, in your strict field. Mm-hmm. So I guess I learned good budgeting skills. I feel like you learned what your needs were and that you didn't need as much excess. Yeah. And I think that's a huge lesson to be learned here, especially, I don't know, it, this is why I love doing podcasts because it gives me a different perspective because I was just so upset that this house didn't come through that I wanted, but mm-hmm. I look at it and I'm like, I have more than enough for my needs right now and life is good and it's okay that I don't have that, you know, like... So you, you've talked a lot about your journey to get here and, and how schooling took a little bit longer. And I mean, you already had your PA in Russia, but then you had to go through schooling here. Is, is there an, another time in your life or I guess the question I want to ask is like, what else has been a struggle in your life mm-hmm. um, that you feel like you've been able to overcome? Because this podcast is all about believing in the impossible. Yeah, I think it's... For everyone, it's different, for sure. Yeah. So I think I, I maybe will talk a little bit the time where I kind of uh, hit the place where I felt I needed um, I needed help, and that's when I went to uh, uh, had a few sessions with the therapist because I uh, was I was about. 12 years in the country. I never left. So from uh, being an au pair and nanny, I became an international student and I graduated with my bachelor's. Uh, so it was, it took me and I stretched it out. It took me 10 years, but I already, so I finished my associates, had a, I worked a year full time because that's what my visa allowed. Then I started my bachelor's stretched out bachelor's a little bit due to financial uh, kind of facts. And uh, that was like, it allowed me to stay in the country legally. And um, I hit the point where I had to study. I had to pay out-of-state tuition to be in school, to be able to work and provide for myself and pay out of state tuition. I felt like it was kind of a circle. And I asked for the work visa from my company uh, two times already. And the corporate office kind of wasn't uh, doing it. It wasn't something they understood or maybe felt was efficient, effective for them. I don't know. And I felt stuck because and of course you hear a lot of I can't 
I don't know how many times I heard, well, just get married, just get married. And I'm like, I'm trying to, but I'm not, like, I don't want to get married just to get married, yeah. to get paperwork. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, who wants that? Because, <laughs> well, because it's like, and I had, I, I dated great guys. I had good relationships, but it just either never worked out or didn't, didn't felt right. And it w- definitely wasn't like, oh, just get married. Uh, so I, I felt stuck and I, f- I prayed and I kind of felt either, okay, Heavenly Father, I knew I'm in the right place. I knew I was supposed to be here to get a degree. What do I do now? Like, I don't know. Can I go home? Can I go and live in Moscow? Because there with that already good level of English, I probably can work, uh, somewhere and support myself well. Because getting another nursing degree somewhere else, because medicine is not transferred as easy as some other degrees. And I thought about going to Canada and I just prayed and I I just felt stuck because, and I asked for the third time my company to give me work visa. And um, I um, had an acquaintance or should I say, uh, a bishop actually in the, mm-hmm. in the other word who worked for Intermountain as well and um, he was able to give me a couple hints what to do and how to ask and I I asked again and they said okay we'll, we will try and it was amazing that they even agreed to try and, um, but before that, before I actually got that, it took about eight months to process from the point you asked and, oh, uh, man. and the, the point I received it, uh, and I felt a relief because, but before that I felt like, okay, I'm not getting married. I'm not like, I felt stuck even though I had, I had a good job for some time and already I felt financially secure, but I felt stuck. Like I couldn't, I didn't see my parents for so long and I didn't want, like, I didn't know what to do. And, um, I felt that like I needed, uh, someone to tell me how to deal with it. And, um, the therapist that I went to, she just gave me a few tools that like, okay, you need to adjust your expectations and to see if it's your expectations or expectations from your parents or from your surroundings. What do you really want? And then I needed to write it out. She gave me homework every time. And also I feel like, because I go back to the tools that she gave me and the one that I keep coming back to is assumptions. I realized, and she pointed out to it, that I assume a lot of things and I act on assumptions. And that's definitely the wrong way to go. Um, as well, it applies to my personal life, like relationship with, with the guys. I assume th- some things instead of clarifying. And I see how other people assume things about me, which is normal it's normal to have assumptions but acting on them is um, a different story so I felt like that helped me at that pivotal point and then when I um, received visa and that was work visa a change of status which months coming to that I was really uh I was so stressed out. I was sitting on my suitcases because I knew that I don't want to go to back to school to just get some classes that are just going to hold me in for me to be able to work legally. And I wasn't ready mentally to go for grad school for mm-hmm. master's. I wasn't mentally there. I knew that I wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a, a, a good effort. It would be a waste of time and energy mm-hmm. and money. And I knew that if I'm not going to get visa, I need to leave within 
two months, actually 60 days, I think. Yeah, two months. And after living here for 12 years, 12 and a half. Your life's here. Yes, my life's here. And I felt so like, yeah, I have to say buys. I have to sell my car. I have to probably sell, not that I had lots of stuff, but I had like, yeah. I, I was in such mental hang up that, okay, either I'm leaving or I'm staying, leaving mm -hmm. or staying. And that was a huge relief when I received visa, which all the documents uh, got submitted and they had two weeks to approve it or deny it. And they approved it within 10 days. And that was like amazing. I was like, especially since you yeah. tried before. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's what I'm like, yeah, you, you guys could have done it for me like two, three years ago and then you didn't. And now it's like within 10 days faster than you expected. And it's, I have, I have to uh, say that there is only one other nurse they did Intermountain Healthcare did a work visa three years prior to mine. So I do feel special and I'm grateful uh, for every person involved yeah. um, and my manager at that time as well, Lori Mitchell. Go Lori. Uh, go Lori, yes. <laughs> uh, so it was such a, such a relief and my parents and my sister and I mean, I haven't seen, I seen my niece when she was 11 and I seen her last year and she's 27. So, um, that's yeah. So like, so I sent her off to Spain when she was 11 uh -huh. before my mission. Uh huh. And I saw her first physically in person last year in May. So you were able to go home. I was able to go home in December. So I received oh. change of status in, in October, end of September, 2017. I went to Russia in December for a few days just to see my parents. It was a quick trip. And then we kind of had a family reunion because my sister lives in Spain. And I, I brought my parents there and I flew there in May, last May, so about a year ago. Oh, I was able to see that's you. so long yeah. to go without your family. And I like, know. Yeah. what a huge blessing that it's amazing. You just, and all these little steps of like that you're able to get in contact with your bishop. And like, I that, know, yeah, such a blessing. All along and yeah, to get, to get a work visa, it's out of yeah. your control, it's putting it in the hands of. Of, of other people, like sure, you yeah. said, at your work, only one other nurse had gotten it a yeah. year before. So it seemed yeah. impossible. So what's your advice to someone that maybe I, and that's the thing I think is that we all have different impossibles. And yeah. so maybe someone's impossible isn't getting a work visa, but yeah. they're struggling with something else. What's your advice to them? Um, trust God. Uh, and if uh, there is uh, someone doesn't believe or doesn't have that, trust, trust your God. And uh, definitely stay positive because there are lots of things outside to bring us down. But I strongly believe, and I honestly don't know how people do without having God in their life or believing in, because for me, knowing and I can't say I know because I haven't seen God. I haven't heard God. But I have had so many experiences that I felt guided. And I I believe I'm a child of God. I am a daughter of God. And I am a princess because my dad is a, is a king. And I felt that really strengthened me. That gave me the... I guess, strength to not be totally like it's out of my control and get emotionally sick or get physically sick because it's all influences you and um, just stay strong. And I think um, staying busy, I knew I had to do things. Otherwise, no one else can do them. No one else can do those for me. And Staying busy and having God in my life, being and I, I, I can't say I always read Book of Mormon or Bible or always prayed. There were definitely ups and downs, 
but the knowledge i i know i'm a daughter of god and i know he will carry me out as long as i reach out so i think that just and that's i felt like there is a really um not such a thing where a point of no return as long as you believe that heavenly father is your father and you have faith and you will reach out to him he'll he'll come through maybe not as fast as you want to but he will and yeah just believe in yourself you have you have potential you have eternal potential you are the prince and princesses so you have that in you everyone has that in in them so thank you so much <laughs> well thank you kissing and thank you to kim rhodes for nominating me <laughs> thank you kim <laughs> all those months ago can you close this with um saying put on your shoes do your best and believe in the impossible in russian один ботинки делай то что ты знаешь самое лучшее и вер в невозможное it sounded much longer in Russian. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Believe in the impossible. Well, thanks guys for listening to the Notable Peeps podcast. Thank you so much, Steph. Thanks so much for pushing play and listening to this episode. For more information about today's guests or to submit a nomination for a remarkable person that you would like to hear interviewed, head on over to notablepeeps.com. All my dreams are coming, all my dreams are humming, all my dreams are coming true. If you're loving listening to other people's stories here on this podcast, then maybe it's time to start recording your own. Head on over to reminisaudio.com and take the hard work out of preserving your memories.